Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Grant Semino. And I'm Connor Reynolds. Live in Baltimore, Maryland, we're bringing you What's the Spread, our new podcast about sports uh, with a feature in gambling. So this week we're going to cover – oh, let me start over. Connor, how's your week going? Uh, You know, winning some, losing some. Are we all? Um, today's Masters Thursday. Let me start by saying that the Masters is my favorite sporting event of the year. Masters Sunday is my favorite day on the sports calendar. I just love it. Absolutely one of my favorite weekends as well. Plus, you got a bunch of other things going on, uh, hockey and basketball playoffs getting started. March Madness just wrapped up. We uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, a little rundown of the show. We're going to start off with a little college basketball, give you all a recap of the uh, championship game between Texas Tech and Virginia. Definitely going to do a deep dive into the Masters, a little playoff preview for the NBA, a um, little on hockey a little bit. Uh, a little bit about baseball, and then for my food piece, we're going to go over uh, Patrick Reed's Masters Champions Dinner Menu. All right, let's uh, – you starting with a uh, recap of – Was minus two, yeah. over-under was 118.5, and, and not for me. What about you, Connor? I, uh, I have to admit I lost all three Final Four games on the spread. I uh, – I had Virginia and Michigan State in the Final Four, and then I took Texas Tech money line in the championship game. Yeah, so I also had – well, I had Michigan State and Auburn, and I, I went absolutely blank on the Final Four. So I took Texas Tech money line. I bought the over-under up to 119 and took the under, and it went way you, over. You were feeling good about that for the first six For the first, like, the ten minutes. It was, like, five points in the first, like, five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is amazing, and then – I, I should have taken the, uh, over. I mean, I should have. I thought about doing like 10 to 1 odds on if they're going to go to overtime or not. I didn't take it. I should have, but just what, it is what it is. An insane run for Virginia, Those, especially those last three games. I mean, yeah, let's talk about those last three games. So, against Purdue, against Auburn, and then against Texas Tech. It was like last 20 seconds I came back in every single game. Like, that is insane. Down by two or down by three or more in the last 30 seconds of all three of those games. Yeah, and then I mean to just a storyline for them to lose to UMBC last year, Go and then UMC. just make this, and then just make this tremendous run to a championship. It's the school's first championship. It's Tony Bennett's first championship as a head coach. So I mean that's I mean good for Virginia. I'm happy for them. They're not a traditional blue blood. Right. And then I just kind of wonder, like, what do you think about them becoming, um, well, coming into the blue blood conversation? I mean, they play Duke every year. They play sure. North Carolina every year. Like, what do you think about that? They definitely have to be in the conversation after the past, what, four or five years. They've cemented themselves among the the top programs in the country. I mean, their defense every single year, they're going to come out and they're going to put give themselves a chance to win any game against any team. So I think you have to really start considering uh, a third ACC team as a legitimate blue blood. I agree. I mean, as long as Tony Bennett's there, they're going to be great. I mean, he recruits well. He keeps players around for longer than one year, which I think, in my opinion, is the key to success in college basketball. You see the Dukes and Kentuckys. They're yep. not really bringing home championships. They're bringing home a ton of wins, but they're not bringing home championships because the uh, coaches are struggling to retain the players for longer than one year. So if you want to win games, I mean, that's a great strategy. But I think guys like Tony Bennett – Roy Williams, they've kind of got it figured out. Um, even though he doesn't have any championships, Mark Few even. I mean, Gonzaga's had some great teams over the past few years. And sure. maybe he's going to be the next coach to uh, win his first championship in the next couple of years. 
they've been right up there knocking on the door for for quite some time. I wouldn't be surprised if they got one uh, in the next couple of years. My, yeah. uh, you you mentioned something interesting. As long as Tony Bennett's there, you consider him a blue blood. What do you think about uh, his future? What are his options? NBA for? prospects could be uh, it UCLA could be job. I mean, guys like Tony Bennett, guys like Jay Wright. You got to wonder, like, I mean, are they the next Brad Stevens? You know, is an NBA team going to come knocking on their door soon? Um, I. I have a friend who went to Virginia, and he told me earlier that Tony Bennett had a big offer from an NBA team last year that is now in the playoffs. Uh, he didn't. He wouldn't tell me which team, but, I mean, Tony Bennett has had the offers from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe he'll accept it one day. Maybe he likes playing coaching in college. I think college coaches make more than NBA coaches, and there's also less pressure to su- succeed. I mean, you look at the teams today in the NBA that fired their coaches. You had Memphis, Sacramento, Cleveland. Uh, Memphis, J.B. Bickerstaff was a first-year coach. Uh, Dave Yeager in Sacramento got their most wins in 2005, and they fired him. I mean, Um, Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year last year in the Eastern Conference, and they fired him two days later. Or no, I think they fired him before he even won the award. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely insane. So, And then uh, Larry Drew, I mean, it's just Cleveland's a dumpster fire, and they will be until they get their next LeBron. So, I mean, he was never the guy anyway. Was Ty Lue fired earlier this year? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, Larry Drew is the interim. So, I mean, I understand that. But, I mean, guys like J.B. Bickerstaff and Dave Yeager should not be getting fired. So, if your expectation is, like, if you don't make the playoffs and you're going to get fired after year one, I wouldn't want to be coaching program. Yeah. Yeah, stay at a college program, build it have your success, make more money. Like, there's no reason to leave. That's what I always say about uh, college football coaches. Like, Pete Carroll has been the only one to succeed in the last 15 years that I've seen yep. to make the jump. So, like, there's no reason. Guys like Nick Saban. Even Nick Saban, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do well. I don't think he did enough – I don't think he took enough time in college or in the pros, honestly. But he is the highest-paid person in the state of Alabama, public uh, public employees. So, there's no reason for him to leave. Guys like Jim Harbaugh, they're the highest-paid – uh, person in their states like why would you leave right yeah you so. got a good you got a good thing going and uh it paid off for tony bennett sticking around not taking that nba offer he's a, he's a national champion that's exactly so just an outlook on college say. basketball next year um champion odds i think uva is the favorite i'm sure duke and kentucky are up there what do you think, I think michigan state michigan state opened as the favorite for next year okay is cassius winston uh is he gonna stay you think i doubt it i really doubt no. it but yeah. i mean it tom is proven over and over again that whoever he's got he's gonna he's gonna put together a competitive team uh whoever stays whoever leaves he's bringing in he's bringing in top level recruits and he he's got to be like he has a chance to make the final four every year yes i agree with that 100 percent. he's one of the best coaches in the country what's your prospects for like teams like texas tech and auburn who aren't traditionally i think they're both in their first final four what do you think about them next year um, it, that, those ones I think will depend more on, um, who sticks around Texas tech, Texas tech's legit. I, yeah. I said it last week. I hadn't seen enough of them play before the tournament to really give them, um, their fair, fair due, but that, that team was very, very talented. And I mean, just what they put together, I think if they get some key guys to stick around, um, they could absolutely be back there next year fighting for a championship. Yeah, I think both teams have really great coaches. So, I don't see Bruce, oh, Bruce Pearl leaving Auburn. Bruce Pearl is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I think people are start, finally going to start respecting him. Not that they don't, but 
he's definitely a household name now. He always has been, in my opinion. You look what he did with those Tennessee teams back in the the late 2000s, 2007 to 2009. Yeah. I think he made the tournament every year he was at Tennessee. He was there for like six years. Yeah. So. He's done tremendous, and like I mean, if Chris Beard stays at Tech, then they have a shot to be contenders. Especially he, in the Big Twelve, he's going to get paid. He, he will. He deserves paid. it. He deserves every penny. One hundred percent. All right. So, um, and then, do you have any uh, teams you want to like your team to watch out for next year? Watch out for Maryland. Jalen Smith's coming back, baby. Now, I saw that. You think <laughs> Bruno's going to leave? I do. Bruno's gone. Yeah, he should. He's a top ten pick. We knew yeah, that. we did. He's he hadn't declared pick. yet, but he should He's going to go get his money, and I'm happy for him. But having Jalen Smith back, I think that's the right decision. And I think – I mean, I think Maryland's going to be tough. I think they had a good team this year. They underperformed, in my opinion. Um, and, obviously, that was a tough game, tough way to go down against your boys at LSU. But <laughs> uh, I, totally biased opinion, watch out for Maryland next year in the Big Ten. No, I'm unbiased, and I agree with that. I think they're going to be one of the probably the most top five talented teams in the country next year. They had a ton of freshmen this year. Yep. A lot of them showed up. They're going to get their – who will be a senior next year, Anthony Cowan back, their uh, point guard. So, I think, I think they'll they be were, tremendous. I think they were definitely in the top ten youngest teams in the nation this past year, and they they won a lot of games. Maybe yeah, not as many and, as they hoped, but they won a lot of games. Speaking of LSU, they've had five players declare for the draft, and Will Wade is meeting with the NCAA and LSU tomorrow. So, bad things to come for LSU basketball, it looks like. Uh, I think that might be right. Maybe a down year or two. Yeah, I think it'll be a few down years. Could be. But it's all right. Stay optimistic. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to move on to the Masters. And I don't know if you got to watch any, Connor, but I got home about 3 o'clock as the coverage came on at 3 and I was tracking a little bit at work, but I mean, I just, I love the Masters so much. And uh, I had such a great day watching. I mean, Tiger, he played very well today. My pick personally, I got him at 20 to 1. I picked Brooks Kepka to take it all. So I put 50 on Kepka to win 1,000. He's actually the co leader right now. So I was very happy to see that. Uh, he's at. You and me are going to have an interesting weekend because I've got. Uh... Bryson DeChambeau. Did you? Uh, plus 2,000. Good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. So, yeah, same odds. And then that's <laughs> co the two leaders. co-leaders. That's perfect. So, yeah, uh, DeChambeau and Kepka and the co-lead at minus six. Uh, Phil is at minus five. I think Dustin Johnson's at minus four and third, or I guess technically fourth. Poulter and Johnson both at Okay, four. yeah. So, I mean, there's a crowded leaderboard. Uh, Tiger's sitting at minus two. Guys like Jordan Spieth are at three over, though. I mean, that was really surprising for me. George's done so well at Augusta the last few years, and even if he doesn't win, he's always in contention. So, but I mean, he is known to have huge Saturdays. So we'll see. I just hope he makes the cut. He's a really good golfer, and he's fun to watch at Augusta. So we'll see. Oh, absolutely. I you can't count Spieth out from one bad round. There were some low scores today, which um, I guess not too surprising on the first round. But um, this this course gets tougher as the weekend goes on, and better golfers will. We'll take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. And also, I don't know if you heard, but I heard they lengthened the fifth hole about 50 yards, so it turned into like a 540-yard par four. And then they said uh, a lot of the pros are saying that the greens and the uh, hole locations were the toughest that they'd seen them in their entire life. So it's like they're really making Augusta a challenging course. So for guys like Kepka and Shambo to shoot 66, that's really incredible. It's a that's a low low number at Augusta. Yeah, what do you uh, I, uh, bet you want to touch on that you made for the Masters? <laughs> a couple, a couple I'm happy with. DeChambeau, one of them, obviously. Um, 
Another one that I mentioned last week that I'm not too happy with is my guy Paul Casey, who is currently sitting in 86th at nine over. <laughs> so rough day for Paul Casey. Yeah, he did have a Don't bad day. I saw him putt on 18, and he just he, he was, was just five done. Five he was just done. Was yeah, so. Um, a couple other guys that I mentioned last weekend as sort of my longer shots were uh, who did I have? I had have Justin Matt Rose. Kuchar, Kuchar's okay. I did not. Kuchar's one under. I had Jason Day, who's currently two under, and then um, Paul Casey, obviously not so. Yeah, and Jason Day so is got... having those back issues, so that'll be something to watch out for. I know he's pulled out of tournaments before for his back and. He was oh, yeah. laying on the ground at one hole. His caddy was stretching him out. So, I mean, I really hope he can make it through. He's a tremendous golfer. So, we'll see. Yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm feeling okay right now about the bets that I put in. I'll, uh, I also have got the will there be a hole-in-one. I took the yes at plus You were close a couple times with DeChambeau today. I know. <laughs> I know. So, I'm hoping one will drop. There's a lot of par threes, a lot of golfers out there. Uh, I think tomorrow is probably the day to do it, honestly, if it's going to happen. So Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm what are the odds I'm on hopeful. that one? Plus 125 for yes, I believe, and minus 150 for no. That's not bad. Yeah, so uh, I took Tiger to win and Kepka to win, 50 to 1 for – excuse me, 20 to 1 for Kepka. I think Tiger was around 14 to 1. Sounds um, right. And then I had top 10 finishes for Tiger, Kepka, Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Brant Snedeker. So just a few random um, – I got Brant Snedeker at plus 850. So just a few random bets I put in. What's Snedeker shoot today? He's he two or three yeah, he didn't do that great. He probably won't make the cut, but still better than my guy. Paul. Yeah, maybe he'll bounce back. Make the top ten as well. He might bounce back. <laughs> so yeah, Tiger Paul Casey to Tiger, shoot fifty eight. Tiger shot a two under today. Uh, Rory, I think, was even. He might have been over par. He was a favorite. He fought back to even. I okay, believe. yeah, he was a favorite. So um, he's never had the best success at Augusta. I mean, he has top ten in the last seven years, I think, which is good, but he's never been like, oh, I think Rory's going to win this year, in my opinion. Right. Any huge surprises other than maybe uh, Spieth at three over? Not really, no. Um, nobody was in the leaderboard or in the top ten that I didn't really expect to be there on day one, so Angel Cabrera yeah, shot like an 80. I mean, that was kind of surprising, but... 82, yeah. I believe. He's the only person that shot worse than Paul Casey. It's insane. Ten over for a former <laughs> champion. That's crazy. So and VJ Singh, another former champion at eight over. Jesus. So yeah. So I look uh, rounds two through four. What are you thinking? Uh, I like honestly right now. If I had to, if I had to do it over, knowing how the first round was going down, I like the Deschambeau bet. Obviously, I would put some money on Dustin Johnson. Yeah, and, DJ had a good day. And and I. I always will put money on Tiger Woods because I want him to win. Exactly. I agree. I mean, I would do it again. I think he's going to have a really good day tomorrow. He's going to have a little bit later of a tea time. He teed off at 11 a.m. today. So, later tea time yeah. tomorrow. Give him some time to rest. That'll be good. DeChambeau and Kepker are actually teeing off earlier. So, I'm wondering how it's going to affect them. Because if they do well tomorrow, they'll be teeing off late on Saturday and Sunday probably. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about Patrick Reed's uh, – Masters menu, which I remember late, earlier in the week. Champions. Earlier in the week when it came out, I was like absolutely thrilled about this menu, and I sent you the picture of it. And the funny part was that he had a creme brulee item on his side dishes and his dessert items, and you pointed that Dude out. Dude loves creme brulee. He's a huge creme brulee guy, but his on his uh, main entree was a bone-in cowboy ribeye, 
And holy fuck, I would love to be at that dinner. <laughs> Just one time, yeah. This is a uh, any any Masters champion dinner. I would I would take an invite to, but this one especially. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you got all the past champions there. Patrick Reed. I like to call him Fat Pat. I think that's his, his real nickname. I mean, he seems like kind of a degenerate too. I remember he was like, I hear stories about him when he was in college playing golf and it's like stealing his teammates' clubs and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> and then he comes and wins the fucking Masters. Like, what the hell? It's insane. He's a he's a guy's guy for sure. Yeah, seems like, like seems like a cool dude. I mean, it always be the picture of him with the hot pink polo shirt with the green jacket, like really interesting style. Like I always think, like, do these guys like plan out like, oh, I'm wearing this on Sunday in case I win? You know, what's going to go good with the Sunday green jacket? Good with green. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I would never think that someone wear a hot pink polo with the green jacket, but to each their own. So go over this menu real quick. You started off with a. Uh, Two salad options. So one was a wedge salad, one was a Caesar salad. I would have went Caesar salad personally. That's my uh, favorite type of salad. Me too. All right. So then he had the cowboy ribeye. His um, side items are also. Uh, let me put this in there. Uh, fish available upon request. Mountain trout. No sir. That sounds like something a pussy would eat. Honestly, I would not <laughs> order mountain trout over a bone-in cowboy ribeye. You're out of your fucking. I mind. wonder. I want to know how many past Masters champions ordered the fish. Agreed. Like, oh, I'm doing keto right now. Can't have the ribeye. Like, but if Tiger did, I don't want to know. Don't true. tell me that. Agreed. All right. So the side items were included. They had four side items: macaroni and cheese. It was white cheddar and smoked gouda. Love it. Cream spinach, corn creme brulee. Never heard of it. <laughs> Would love to try it. Steamed broccoli. What are you going there? Top two. Uh, top two. Definitely got to get the mac and cheese. Sure. And I really want to go cream spinach, but for the hell of it, I'll do the corn creme brulee. I got to know. like, What the fuck does it taste like? I'm a uh, mac and cheese and spinach. Man. All right. Mac and cheese, steak, and spinach sounds like what I've been asking for for my birthday dinner since I was eight years old. Yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal combo. You can't beat it. And yep. then the dessert was a tiramisu, vanilla bean creme brulee, chocolate crunch, and praline cheesecake. So... I'd probably go with the vanilla bean creme brulee right there. So you're taking, you're doing both creme brulees, doubling up. Yeah. I did. That's it. what it seems I'm, like I'm he def- wants people to do. That's definitely what he wants to do. <laughs> and then the two wine choices were a uh, 2016 Chateau Montalena from Napa Valley. It's a Chardonnay. And then a 2013 Camus Vineyards, 41st anniversary, 41st anniversary from Napa also. And that's the Cabernet Sauvignon. So white and a red. Probably go with the cab. I'm a red wine man. Yeah, so I don't, I'll, me personally, I'd request a Dr. Pepper on the side. That's just me. So of course maybe a Michelob Ultra. Who knows? <laughs> Some proper 12, maybe? Some proper 12. Who knows? We're still waiting on that sponsor, Connor. Yeah, we got to give, keep giving shout outs. It'll come. All right. So yeah, that's our food. That's the Masters. So, I mean, me and Connor got lucky, really. Our, uh, our picks are both in the co lead. So we hope to keep that up. We're trying to get rich. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be a fun weekend to watch the Masters. I mean, I'll be glued to my couch on Sunday. Uh, if there's a fire Everybody in my house, will. you might be able to get me up, but that'd be the only way. So, moving on to the uh, NBA playoff preview. Um, the last night of the season was last night, and the yep. bracket is set. Connor, uh, do you think about any uh, upsets in the first round? Um, so looking at these matchups initially, I didn't see a ton of potential for upsets in the East anyway. Um, I think 
I mean, I don't consider a five over a four really an upset. Okay. I think the Pacers could absolutely beat the Celtics. The Celtics have been down on themselves so much all year. Yeah, I mean, it's they have a lot of internal chemistry issues, so that's something to look for. for. Sure. When you're playing a team at most seven games in a row, you have to be on in terms of chemistry. You have to, like, be there for your team. So Yeah, they know your game. You're not going to beat them by running some play they've never seen before. So exactly. I'll be on the same page. Yeah. And I feel like the Celtics have just been kind of toxic all year. Um Looking at what Kyrie's been saying, he said, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but somebody asked him how his season went. I think he basically said something to the extent of it was garbage, um, which is not really what you want to hear as a fan of your team going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he sounded like his team was ready to win the lottery. Right. So, I mean, my personal um, opinion, I think Kyrie is ready to be a sidekick again. And I think, I mean, if the uh, Knicks get the first pick, they're going to take Zion. And what better setup for KD and Kyrie to go join him in New York? That would be something to watch, man. That would be incredible. (laughs) I think – I do agree with you. I think the Pacers have a really good shot to beat the uh, Celtics. Oladipo going down didn't really seem to affect the Pacers. They still had a tremendous year without Oladipo once he got hurt. Also – I mean, it took them – it took them maybe four or five games after that injury, which they lost a, a bunch in a row, and then they were right back on track. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to be really. a tough team to beat, especially if you're not on your A game as, as a complete team. And you said a five and a four is not really an upset, but I really do like Brooklyn to take Philly because I also think about Philly. They have a lot of internal issues. And and with Embiid questionable, I mean, who knows how, how many minutes you're going to get out of him every night, how many games he's going to be able to actually perform up to – and B levels, I I absolutely have circled the Nets as a uh, as a potential upset in that series. Yeah, I mean D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion, is going to win the Most Improved Player Award this year. He should. Agreed. Um, Kenny Agreed. Atkinson's in his third year as a coach. He's done a tremendous job in Brooklyn. You got guys like Joe Harris who won the uh, three point contest. I mean, if he's on, I mean Brooklyn has a legitimate shot. I mean, you guys, you got guys like Ben Simmons on Philly who can't shoot at all. So, yep, so. that's a for real team in Brooklyn. They've yeah. they've. Uh, and they're hot. They've been playing well down the stretch. So yeah. I would not be at all surprised. I wouldn't blink an eye if the Nets uh, took the Sixers to seven games or beat them. Yeah. Who's your team coming out of the East? My team coming out of the East is my guys from Milwaukee. Okay. I, uh, I've been – so a little background, not to brag, but a little bit to brag. Five years ago, um, I watched Giannis play for the first time, and I said, that guy is going to win an NBA Finals within the next five years. And I think we're at either year four or year five since I said that. Um, the Warriors, I didn't expect. That was before they added KD. Uh, so it's gotten a little tougher. But um, I think the Bucks have the best chi- the best chance to take down the Warriors out of the East, and I think they will be in the finals. Okay. I'm actually taking Toronto because um, I just think the roster they've assembled at the trade deadline is they have more playoff experience than any other team in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, they've been knocking on the door for a few years now. So, I think Milwaukee's the best team in the East. I think Toronto's going to win the East just just because of experience, I honestly. My my uh, my favorite stat going into the playoffs about the Bucks is they've lost two games in a row this year one time. Hmm. Um, so, they get four games at home. They are – when they're playing at home, they are the second most efficient offense and the second most efficient defense in the league. Um, offense just behind the Warriors, defense just behind the Pacers. So I think they can play both sides of the ball. Giannis is a true two-way superstar. 
is. leading that team, and they have they've got size, they got length, and they've got shooters. So, um, give me the Bucks coming out of the East, one seed. I know not a crazy pick, but yeah, I like them. I think if you put money on the Bucks and the Raptors to win the East, you probably win one or the other. So it's kind of like a little hedging. Probably wouldn't be a bad play. Yeah. Not at all. Because that's probably going to be the most likely Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the East is still weak, and it's the first time in 15 years that LeBron James hasn't been in the Eastern Conference. So, it's wide open, honestly. So, we'll see. Anybody's got a shot. Yeah, but yeah. those two definitely the cream of the crop. Yeah, moving on to the West. Um, in terms of seeding, I think OKC has a chance to beat uh, – who are they playing? Portland. Portland. I mean, with Jerkic going out a few weeks ago. Uh, it's kind of a new team, and I mean, I mean, with the star power of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, I'd like Oklahoma City's chances to uh, take that series potentially. Yep, I think a lot of us East Coast NBA fans, um, obviously OKC not on the East Coast, but they play more East Coast friendly time, and they are on national TV a lot more than Portland. Portland's a tough team. Nurkic obviously going down is a huge, huge loss for them. So the Thunder, if Paul George. If Paul George plays like he has been this year um, as a legitimate MVP candidate, I think the Thunder absolutely could beat the Blazers without um, without Nurkic. And who knows how how much what percentage McCollum's going to be at. Um, so I think the Thunder do have a real shot. I actually think any series except the one eight in the West could turn into an upset. The Spurs over the Nuggets. The Spurs are a hot team. They're tough. I mean, they Greg still have Popovich Greg Popovich in their corners, so you can yeah. never count them out. Never, not in the business of losing. And then the Jazz uh, Rockets series. That uh, the Jazz could absolutely upset the Rockets, in my opinion. They could. I mean, they got a great team. And I'm not gonna lie, the Jazz. I, I know it was his best friend and all, but I kind of question Chris Paul's focus right now. Being at that um, D Wade's last game last night, like you should probably be in the gym getting ready for the playoffs. Sure. I mean, they don't. They do. They've got a couple, an extra day off. They don't play till Sunday night. Um, but I agree that uh, people will definitely point to that if they if they come out flat in this series and say like, "Oh, why were you? Why were you in Brooklyn that that last game of the season?" Um, yeah, I mean, like LeBron has given up weeks ago, and Carmelo doesn't have a job. So, like, I understand those two, but you got a championship going, Chris Paul. What are you doing? Yep. So we'll see. No, I think I think people will absolutely make a big deal out of that if the Rockets uh, don't look up to up to par to start this series. Yeah, and you got a question: Is Chris Paul content with his career? I mean, he's never played in the finals. I don't even think he's played in the conference. Or last year they played in the conference finals, but that was his first trip to the conference yeah. finals. Yep. And a stored career. He's had a tremendous career. He's a Hall of Famer. But you got a question: Like, is he content, or does he actually want that championship? So I think he. I think he does. Yeah, as a competitor, we'll see. Uh, but also, with uh, in my opinion, Houston's the second best team in the West on paper, and they're the four seed. So, uh, first round series win would pit them against Golden State, probably. So that's not able to be the Western Conference Finals, which probably has a lot of people surprised. Do you see uh, Houston having the potential to be Golden State in the second round if they match up? Um. Honestly, I don't give them a better shot than they had last year. Uh, they should, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, they absolutely should have beat them last year. They should have. They shot themselves out of the game. Missing 28 threes in a row is just unheard of, and we're still in the game till the very end. Yeah. I, that was a that was a crushing defeat. So, I, I honestly, if, if I was picking that series, the Warriors probably win it in five or six. Okay. Um. 
But you got the best scorer in the world in James Harden, uh, one of the best point guards to ever play in Chris Paul. And one of my favorite players that a lot of people don't talk about in the NBA is P.J. Tucker. Yeah, uh, That guy will do anything you ask him to help his team win, and I love that about him. And he's always rocking sick kicks. Yeah, he is best in the league. Yeah, so they got some good talent on Houston, bench and starting sure. five. So we'll see. It'll I mean, be it's the NBA. They're all professionals. Exactly. These guys are in the playoffs for a reason. Every Anybody's got a chance to beat anybody on any given night. Yeah. Uh, you see that throughout the whole season. True. But I mean, look what the, Memphis uh, did to Golden State last night. Right. So yeah, we'll it see. can happen. So can happen. Uh, Western Conference pick, is there anybody to pick except for Golden State, honestly? It's just so boring that I'm putting the two one seeds in the finals, but no, I think I think Golden State's coming back. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, in terms of uh, value, like odds, you could probably put money on like an OKC or a Houston, but if you want to make money, I would put it on Golden State also. I think that's a pretty safe. Yeah. Thing. So uh, just real quick award predictions, just run through the, the five individual awards. Who's your NBA MVP this year? Giannis. Yeah, honest too, and I don't. Want, I don't see how people say James Harden. Honestly, I mean, he won it last year. I get that, but with the storyline of what Giannis has done in Go or uh, Milwaukee, and just he's the best player on the best team. I mean, I think that counts for a lot. He agreed. is a two-way superstar. Like he has, so he has the most defensive win shares of any player in the NBA this year. Um, he can guard all five positions, something that James Harden absolutely cannot do. James True. Harden can hardly guard one position. Um, I mean, I, it's Giannis's time. He's led that team to the best record in the NBA. When he sits out, you can see what a different team they are. He makes such a huge impact. And I, uh, he's also one of my favorite players. So I'm uh, giving the nod to Giannis. He kind of has a LeBron effect. Imagine him not in Milwaukee. They're probably sitting in the top five for the draft lottery, not the playoffs. Yeah, who's your best player then? Exactly. Yeah, Chris Middleton? So, yeah. And if he isn't shooting, then you're not you're not scoring a lot of points. Yeah, I agree. I do like Bledsoe also. Yeah, so I'm taking Giannis yeah, also. Uh, six man? <laughs> this is a no-doubter. My guy, Lou Will. Lou Will in uh, L.A. I mean, I think he's the reason. He's a huge reason they're in the playoffs, actually. And I mean, coming off I actually that, love that team. I love that Clippers team. Yeah, it just, it's unfortunate they got a matchup against Golden State in the first round. It does because I would like to see more of them, but I don't think they I don't think they get more than five games in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and then also, I mean, let's be honest, LA has a lack of talent. I mean, they don't. There's no true superstar over there. Uh, moving They're on to the next year, energy team. Yeah, moving on to the next award, Coach of the Year. Do you think that gives Doc uh, Rivers a fair chance at that award? Absolutely. Yeah, just like you said, not nobody was. This was supposed to be a rebuild year for them. Yeah. Um, this was not. Nobody expected them to be in the playoffs. Uh, I think he he made that speech the night that they clinched. He came in the he came in the locker room and said they predicted we'd have what thirty five wins, and they are here. They are in the playoffs um, with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly leading the way. So uh, and uh, Gallinari, I can't forget about my guy. Yeah, that says a lot about Doc Rivers as a coach. I mean, he's won a championship in the past. And then oh, yeah. I think with Jerry West in that front office, uh, watch out for the Clippers in the future. And I think they have a legitimate shot to sign Kawhi this offseason. If they hold on to Doc Rivers, they could be as good as anybody. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also going to say Doc Rivers. Another coach to look out for is Mike Budenholzer, obviously, when he's at Milwaukee. Sure. Tremendous. He did the same thing in Atlanta a few years ago. So Exactly what I was going to say. Um, yep. And, yeah, so most improved. Most improved player, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, D'Angelo Russell should be the, the front runner for that one. 
Um, I think so somebody that hasn't gotten a lot of talk in for this award, but that I have seen play a couple times this year and who has turned himself into, I don't want to say a superstar because he's on such a bad team, but Zach Levine has really developed his game uh, in Chicago. He was, people know him mostly from that dunk contest with Aaron Gordon, but he is a shooter. He's a defender. He leads that team to wherever they are, but um, with a little bit of help, I think the bulls could be a, could be a legit team, and Zach Levine is part of the part of the main reason why. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna say, uh, like I already said, a D'Angelo Russell. He, I mean, yeah, he's just I think come from rags to riches in terms of like being in LA, going through the whole beef with Nick Young. Just nobody wanted to deal with him at all. To going to Brooklyn and just making a legitimate contender, in my opinion. I mean, I think Brooklyn has a really good shot to make some noise in the East, and I mean, it's gonna be exciting to see what they do. So my pick is D'Angelo Russell. Rookie of the year. I think. Um, I'm sorry to cut so, you off. Do you have something to say? I did. I I, I agree with you. I think D'Angelo should win uh, most improved. I just wanted to didn't want to overlook the the progress that Zach Levine's been making. Fair. Okay. Um, rookie of the year. I this one has obviously gotten tougher for a lot of people over the past couple of weeks with Trey Young putting up some some big performances, but I'm still a a Luka Doncic guy. Okay. Same. I think. Uh, for me, the fact that Luka Doncic is going start to finish and had a tremendous season the way he did and not come on after the All-Star break like Trey Young did, I think that speaks volumes. That's why I'm going to go Luka Doncic on this one. And then the last one, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are, two, there are two real contenders, and they're both MVP candidates. Um, actually, there are three. Rudy Gobert has got to be mentioned. Uh, I think he led the league in blocks, either him or Miles Turner. I think but Gobert did. Gobert, okay. Uh, I think Gobert should be in the conversation. Um, he's a defensive-minded player. He's always been an unapologetic defensive-minded player. Um, he he changes a lot of shots in there, and I think he's one of the reasons that the Jazz have one of the better defenses in the league. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Giannis with the most defensive win shares. I'm not a huge, huge believer in advanced stats in basketball. But um, I think that puts him in the conversation, the fact that he can guard all five positions and he leads the league in uh, defensive win shares. And then Paul George is my is my third. OK, I'm it's leaving out so Kawhi, but I think you're going to mention him. Yeah, I was actually going to say Gobert. I didn't really have anybody else to say just because the uh, just because of the impact that he has on Utah's defense and how efficient they are as a defensive unit. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the rink leader for that. It kind of reminds me of Mark Gasol back in, I want to say, 2013 or 2014 when he did in Memphis and yep. the run they made. So uh, It makes it a lot easier to play defense when you know if you get beat, there's somebody there to clean up after you, and that's what Gobert offers for, for Utah, and that's been huge for them. Exactly. Wouldn't be opposed to Giannis winning the award, but it's just kind of like we're in that age where it's like, oh, we want to like – spread the wealth and give other people awards. So Right. If he gets MVP, I don't think he'll get it. I think exactly. So, I mean, that's, he definitely deserves it, though. Giannis is a tremendous player, and he's been – he's one of my favorite players to watch now. So, uh, yeah, that's our uh, that's our take on the awards for this year. Uh, real quick on uh, baseball, I know it's early in the season, so I'm not going to take too much of a deep dive. Uh, just going to mention that Clayton Kershaw is supposed to be making his debut on Monday. So, I mean, that could change the odds for Dodgers games when he pitches. Also, um, the seems like the top storyline right now is uh, the fact that Chris Davis can't hit the ball. 
Yeah, I hate that storyline, but <laughs> it definitely it, it definitely is the record the record set um, most at bats in a row without a hit. Yeah, he's at fifty two as of today. Chris Davis of the Orioles. Did you see the first ball he hit today? Though he hit a ninety eight mile an hour line drive out to center that Statcast or one of those advanced uh, metrics says should be a hit sixty five to seventy percent of the time. Um, so he's there's a there's a bit of unlucky unluckiness in there as well other than the fact that he strikes out way too much yeah i saw he struck out looking at an 87 mile an hour pitch today right off the uh, right corner of the plate so good good it's sad because i mean he seems like such a good guy and i mean i know he's a fan favorite of baltimore for the last few years i mean i I just moved here two years ago but he seems to have an incredible impact on the city so it's for a guy like that to be going down like it really sucks but I'm sure he'll snap out of it soon. Made up uh I have a made up over under for you on your opinion on when he'll get a hit. So he's at fifty two consecutive right now without mm-hmm. a hit. Over under sixty nine and a half at best for when he's gonna have a hit or not. Under. I think he gets it within the next two games he plays. Okay. Yeah, I went to the game Tuesday night and I was pretty uh I was pretty sad that he wasn't in the lineup. I wanted to watch uh history continue, but yeah. I'll go another time. I paid $22 for a lower level seat. So I'll definitely be back soon. Were you there on the night that they set the record for fewest fans in Camden Yards history? I think it was the night before. I gotcha. Okay. But, uh, so that's going on too. I think another just real quick baseball storyline is the Seattle Mariners are winning games and scoring runs at a rate that no one expected. And it's yeah, 15 straight games with a home run, right? Yeah. Most ever to start a season. Yeah. They're, they've scored the most runs in their first 14 games since the 1936 Yankees. Wow. Which is the, uh, for anybody that is not aware, the Ruth Gehrig era. So those are some pretty good offensive teams. Yeah. And I mean, Seattle, they keep it up. They're just kind of like, that's a team that really kind of came out of nowhere. Everybody knew they were on the brink, but they're in a tough division. Supposed to be in a tough division. Right. Big sweep for the Astros over the Yankees. First time ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, first Dang. first time they ever swept the Yankees. Well, they were a National League team for so long. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, up until like 2012, they were a National League team. Right. My guy Alex Bregman got hurt on Tuesday night. So sad. Yeah, taking a day to day. Yeah. Uh, no, he was he hit and um he struck out swinging, but it was a pass ball, and right. I think he just extended too much. And when he was running to first, that uh, kind oh, of tweaked his hamstring. That, was, that was, there wasn't even a play there. Right. So, but I mean, they had today off after the sweep. They could be back tomorrow, if not Saturday. So it doesn't seem to be too serious. So that's good because that impacts my fantasy baseball and my <laughs> uh, MVP uh, future bet I put in on him. So speaking of while, MVP Alex. future bets, uh, Mike Trout is also day to day. But when he's healthy, he is doing Mike Trout things. Saw so that right on Saw track. That. Yeah. So that's it for baseball. Just real quick before we end the show, a little bit of hockey from last night. We had a uh, St. Louis beat Winnipeg two to one. Dallas beat Nashville three to two. Uh, New or- the Islanders beat the uh, Penguins four to three. And then I want to touch on this. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. Tampa Bay, who was the number one overall team in the NHL this year, they had like 20 more points than any other team. Yep, they had a three nothing lead in the first period, and the wild card Columbus Blue Jackets came in and won that game four to three. Holy shit! I watched that game. That was Brutal. crazy. I loved it. Brutal. Yeah. So. Um... I see a lot of value right now in taking the Lightning to win the series. They opened at minus 385, I believe, to win that series, and they're currently at minus 215 
after losing that game one at home. Um, so I took I took the Lightning to win the series at minus two fifteen, and I think that is, even though you're laying a lot of juice there, that's quite a value for the best team in the NHL over a a wild card team. Yeah, and the game kind of last night, and even before, like when the uh, bracket came out, I was like, man, like the Blue Jackets really loaded up at the trade deadline. Um, they kind of reminded me of the Predators two years ago when the Predators were the eight seed in the West and they beat the Blackhawks on their way to a Stanley Cup run, which they were inevitably inevitably beat by the Penguins. But nobody expected them to get there, and I was like, the Blue Jackets really have the team. You think to they make got it run. in them? Well, so last night I was looking at the odds. They were plus three thirty to win the series, and I thought about putting some money down. And when it was three nothing, I was like, "Well, fuck! I'm glad I didn't put any money down." But after getting that win, that's huge for momentum. They took home ice from the uh, Lightning, so I'm going to be very interested to see what they do in that series. That'll be one I'm following closely as well. I'm not, uh, admittedly, not a huge hockey fan, but that's my that's my one hockey bet right now. I think the Lightning are far and away a better team, and they can win for the next six. Yeah. So for tonight's games, we have San Jose and Vegas. Carolina's playing Washington. Colorado. San Jose. San Jose just beat Vegas five two. Okay. Carolina's playing Washington. I think they're playing right now. I'm not sure the score. I have Three Boston nine. and Toronto one in the background. Toronto just got an empty net and they're about to win four to one yep. on the road. So I mean that's a good win for them on home ice. And then Colorado's Caps playing. Go ahead. Sorry, Caps are up three nothing. Seventeen minutes left in the third. Okay, and then the late game is going to be Colorado-Calgary. Calgary is a one seed out of the West, so also interesting to see what uh, Colorado can do. They have Nathan McKinnon on their top line. He was a uh, Hart Trophy candidate last year, had a great year this year. So Colorado is in the same position they were last year. They played the Predators in the first round, who was a one seed last year. So they're in the mm-hmm. same spot. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, NHL playoffs are very intense, very fun to watch. So also, I think every every game last night was decided by one goal, so – yeah, a lot exactly. Of good hockey coming. A lot of good exactly. hockey. Exactly. Some blowouts tonight, but I think the series and just the whole NHL playoffs in general is going to be phenomenal. It's one of my favorite playoffs to watch. My favorite pro, pro playoffs to watch is baseball, but Me hockey too. playoffs are great too. So we'll see. All right, man. Got anything? Uh, got anything else that we should be looking ahead for? That's all for me. Um, just looking, really looking forward to this weekend. I'm a huge Masters guy, so. Yeah. I'll be glued to my couch mostly all Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and just so much drama comes with Master Sunday. I love it. So, really excited for this weekend. All right, man. All right, Good y'all. second episode. Great. Everybody, appreciate y'all viewing. Uh, share with us if you can. We're on Apple – excuse me, Google and Spotify now. So, we're growing. So, please continue to grow with us, and hopefully we'll all get rich. Thanks for viewing. Y'all take care. <laughs> See you, man.